0: Hello there. You're listening to Manufacturing Tomorrow, brought to you by the Ohio Manufacturing Institute at The Ohio State University. I'm Katherine Kelly, your host. Special thanks to Ohio State Center for Operational Excellence at the Fisher College of Business for arranging this interview. Today, we are speaking with Matt Long, Vice President of Continuous Improvement, and John Miller, Engineering Manager at Herman Miller, Incorporated. Herman Miller is a 108 year old furniture and home furnishings manufacturer based in Zeeland, Michigan, that garners more than $2 billion a year in earnings. Revered not only for its iconic designs, such as the company's Eames lounge chair, but also for its culture, Matt and John are visiting Ohio State to communicate best practices in lean manufacturing. For eight years, Matt has served as VP of Continuous Improvement with the responsibility of implementing the Herman Miller performance system globally across operations, business processes, supply chain, and dealer management. He also directed the program for 14 years. Prior to that, he held manufacturing and tooling engineering management positions at the company. He also worked in manufacturing and systems engineering positions at Lyft Tech International, Caden Corporation, and McDonnell Douglas Aircraft. John has been an engineering manager at Herman Miller for almost 20 years. He specializes in lean product development, failure mode, and effects analysis and lean manufacturing. Both Matt and John are engineering alums of Lawrence Technological University. Matt and John, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Catherine. We're glad to be here.
0: Uh, Even though Herman Miller and his products are world famous, uh, what should our listeners know about the company and its history? Who wants to go first? I can go.
1: I think um, one of the things that's unique about Herman Miller is we we mark our history um, by the different problems that we solve for our customers. And uh, we have a lot of firsts when it comes to our products. The... uh, uh, Back in the 30s, we were one of the first ones to have what's now called modern furniture. And uh, it was uh, one of our designers named uh, Alex Gerard. And then um, another first was in the area of materials. Um, Ray and Charles Ames were involved with Herman Miller and did experimenting with molded plywood, molded fiberglass and even and aluminum doing things that had not been done before. and we applied those things to furniture and and kind of set a, a new standard there for affordable furniture. Uh, another was in the area of modern office furniture and it would be um, flexible office systems that replaced hard wall construction and that was really a game changer in the industry back in the 60s. Um, and another, was in the area of uh, ergonomic seeding. So a lot of different firsts um, that uh, I think in culturally there were some firsts in the area. of The first Scanlon or uh, profit-sharing plan. Hmm. Uh, Herman Miller was one of the pioneers there. And also in environmental leadership. So those are things that go back to the 50s and 60s as well. So it's it's a great company with a lot of those types of um uh, in the area of innovation.
0: All right, anything to add?
1: Just that Herman Miller
2: is known for the innovation. We pride ourselves on innovation, and um, so we want to stay leaders in that field. And that's one of the reasons we've embraced lean as an organization, mm-hmm. to, to keep that leading edge and able to innovate.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that. Um, how does the Herman Miller performance system, as adapted from the Toyota production system, actually work within internal operations and through your supply chain?
1: Well, I think one of the things that's unique at Herman Miller that we've, we've learned from Toyota, we're really thankful to be able to have a learning partnership with Toyota. They've been our coaches for about 23 years now. Um, and we've been able to recognize that in order to meaningfully impact our customers, we need to think about the whole value stream that uh, touches them. So that starts with product development, um, the way that uh, products are applied and specified, um, all the way through the work with our supply chain, and then manufacturing, um, our distribution, and then finally after sales service, even our work with our business processes that support the customers after the sales. So um, that, I think, is a a unique way that we apply the, the lean concepts across that whole value stream. The other thing um, the, in the description of the way that it works is we design the work to be able to highlight problems and culturally that was a big adjustment for us to be able to see being able to see problems as a good thing. So, And then the second part of it is uh, having people trained to be able to respond quickly when a problem is highlighted and then solve the problem using a very structured scientific method and then trying to gather the learning from that and applying it across the organization to say, where else could we apply these kinds of countermeasures? And um, so that dedication to be able to develop people and uh, see them as an investment rather than a liability, I think it it goes along really well with the Herman Miller culture of valuing our people and, and investing in them.
0: John, how does that apply in product development specifically?
2: Well, one of the things we have learned from the Toyota production system is that respect for people. And so respect for people means how do we reduce their struggle? So in product development, just like on the shop floor, there's stress, there's anxiety, there's deadlines. So how do we develop the people to be successful? And that's what we're working on in product development because the product development, the design, is an input to the main manufacturing process.
0: Matt, you were in uh, at Herman Miller in the '90s when uh, um, when you were facing some major issues. Uh, so, w- how did the working with with the Toyota production system help with with those, those there's the major obstacles you were dealing with at that time?
1: Uh, yes, yeah, that um, I think like a lot of other cu- cu- companies that get involved in. Uh, lean production, um, it starts with a crisis. And for us, the crisis was really um, a changing need from our customer base. So back in the 90s, typically office furniture was, you know, six, eight, 10, 12, even 12 weeks lead time. And it was a little bit unpredictable when you ordered furniture when you were actually going to get it. Um, but Uh, customers were beginning to say, hey, I don't want to wait that long, and by the way, I'd like a little bit lower price point. So a division of Herman Miller started to try to uh, address that need, and I was working for one of our subsidiaries that made metal filing and storage cabinets, and that division of Herman Miller was about half of our business in that plant. They came to us and said, we need you to be able to reduce your lead time by 70% and we need you to be able to reduce your price point by 30% or we'll take this business elsewhere and we've already found another supplier that's willing to do that. So it was a big crisis. We were all looking around the table saying, hmm, we might not be here next year if we don't do something about this. So we agreed to take on the business, but we didn't know how we were going to do it. Um, and it was then that one of our leaders came across this thing called the toyota production system went down to the plant in kentucky which had just started in the early 90s and and they talked about uh, faster lead times they talked about lower costs and they talked about improved quality and so it really seemed to be the uh, connection with what we needed And, um, so we set out pursuing learning about the Toyota production system. And we're really fortunate at that time to be taken on by the Toyota supplier support center, uh, as a project company. So that's kind of how it all all started with us. And over the next two to three years, they helped us to develop a working model of the Toyota production system within our own four walls. And, um, that, um, result of that transformation was so significant that it made the rest of Herman Miller set up and take notice and then eventually decide that was the approach we're going to take across all of Herman Miller. So it initially started out as just trying to have one of our subsidiaries survive and it surprised us by, you know, cascading across all of Herman Miller.
0: And you were able to retain all of the workers in Michigan, correct?
1: That's correct. Yeah, that actually was a really... Uh, meaningful uh, part of this work because the plant we started in was our only union plant at that time and so we were able to show the the union that nobody was going to lose their job and matter of fact as john mentioned we were going to work on the struggles and make the work better um, and we eventually won them over to this, and we showed that if we could implement this in our union plant, we could certainly uh, implement it in our other plants.
0: And uh, you know, the on-time program delivery rate has increased beyond ninety percent. You know, John, how, how have you been able to sustain those lean practices?
2: Well, that's one of the things we realized to to keep progress and keep improving. We needed to have our products and our designs more robust from the start. And so much like the lean manufacturing, um, uh, I guess, catalyst, we started to, we had a problem in 2011. We had a a number of programs launching at the same time, had some struggles, and we decided as an organization we're going to do product development different. And we reached out to Matt's her Miller performance team and started leveraging their knowledge. And so that was our that was our burning raft, our business need. It was very clear we need to do things different. And so that was our journey in product development to start thinking in a lean mindset.
0: And you're using uh, the system of cross-functional collaboration. Uh, with developmental minds, milestones. What exactly is, how do you, you do the, the cross-functional collaboration?
2: Well, one of the things is how do we get operations and design engaged earlier in the right level of engagement because the design is still fluid early, but we still need to have that engagement from manufacturing. And so that's what we've been working on getting better at. And um, and the milestones aren't aren't gates in our world. They're, um, they're more like a speed bump. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's a way for the team to understand where they're at. It's the team's ability to self-adjust. They should know where they're at if we're doing our, our milestones and our definitions correctly. So it, um, it does, so by having that journey together with manufacturing, so think about manufacturing and design, taking that journey together from the start. That's really what we're trying to do to reduce that human struggle at the end, so.
0: I, I interviewed uh, uh, Norbert Majerus from Goodyear, and what you're saying reminds me a lot of what they did at Goodyear to connect design with manufacturing.
2: Right, because the problems the the problem will be there. It's when do you want to find it? So let's find it early, while we can still have time to react and and improve and optimize, and. Um, and those worlds are very different. There's a very different culture in product development and operations. There, it, and so it, it may sound easy, but it's it's really not that simple. And uh, so, what are the right tools and techniques to get these people talking?
0: We could talk all day about that one. Exactly, that's,
2: <laughs> that's part of the culture, which is the really difficult thing to start to improve and and
1: make more collaborative.
0: So, that's I
2: interesting
1: because w- we in the past had. Um, a strategy of taking our product development, we literally took it off-site from our main campus to a spot uh, located further away with the intention of doing the complete product development cycle and even pilot production off-site and then bringing it into manufacturing, and it, that never worked for us. It was kind of an over-the-wall approach, and we're going back and revisiting all that now, basically saying, how do we get manufacturing and product development together from the very beginning.
0: Well, uh, outside of culture, which is a, a huge sea change movement when it comes to you know, changing processes, have there been any hiccups, uh, other hiccups that have, that have ensued?
1: Lots of hiccups. You wanna <laughs> jump in, John?
2: There's, there were, um, yeah, what, what I guess the biggest hiccup is that our operations team has their their day job they're responsible for getting product and we have a responsibility for developing new products and um i think the hic- the one of the hiccups we have is getting the right engagement so that it doesn't feel like we're we're doing something to the operations team <laughs> and and so we as a product development team need to take that on as a responsibility to improve and um and there is, like I said, those cultural differences. And we we did have an experiment where we took someone from the shop floor, because if they're on the shop floor, they know what a struggle looks like. We brought them in, and and so they come on a development team with engineers, very smart people, master's degrees, and here's this person from the shop floor telling them, don't do this, this is probably gonna cause an issue. And overcoming that, some of that um, ego, was a challenge so
0: right, and the and the cultural hierarchy
2: exactly right and it, it transcends all the way of to the top of don't worry we're, we're real smart people we'll figure it out
0: yeah well how, how did that work
2: we're working on it <laughs> <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's it's um it because it's a peep it's people i mean so one of the things we do is we we focus on people processing tools and so Probably the easiest thing is making tools. That's what everybody gravitates to. Process, a little more difficult, but getting people engaged and changing, that's, that's the challenge.
1: Isn't it takes time. That was another one of the hiccups is that our leadership was looking for uh, transformation literally in months. And when we first started this out, we want to completely turn around the results in product development in three months. And um it's taken years. And so um, as a result of that um, maybe lack of understanding how long this change takes, um, there was a reorganization that happened that ended up causing kind of a pause in our uh, lean product and process development work. and um, then and there's been ensuing uh, top leadership changes. And so each one of those, ends up kind of creating a hiccup in this work, because it really does take kind of a heads down, keep putting energy into it in order to keep it moving forward.
0: And the initial switch to uh, the Toyota Way, it took about five years, right?
1: Well, at Herman Miller, it actually, prior to starting any work in product development, we were eighteen years. Oh. And right. uh, then we started uh, doing the work in product development about five years ago in earnest. And uh, we we would say we're just beginning. Yeah.
2: I would others look at us and think we're, we're more advanced. We would say we we have so much more to do. Just just mm-hmm. getting started.
0: Yep. Well the act of tackling it to begin with, is probably putting you ahead of the game.
2: Well, that's that's just it. We're we're immersed in it. We're living it every day. And we, the problem with um, with lean thinking is the the more you do it, the more struggles you see and more problems you see. <laughs> it's where, so we're like, oh, we got a long way to go. But um, but really, we've made lots of progress. Like our we we've, we've got our programs now are much more predictable at launch. Um, we went from probably less than 70% of the programs, I think, were behind schedule. Right. Now we're, we're probably 90% meet our deadlines. And, um, and that also enables our, launch, our launches to go much smoother. And So fewer quality issues. Every time we apply this on a new project, we, those products end up having the lowest quality in, in
1: defects rate. So there's something to it. That there means must a be. lot to our customers as well, because uh, when we say we're coming out with a new product, they want to begin talking to their customers about it. And uh, if we're not on time or there are glitches, then that doesn't make them look good in front of their customers. So we, we really want to make sure that we're um, following it through with them in mind.
0: So outside of of the realm that that Herman Miller resides, you know, you're here today to talk uh, to other companies about best practices. So what, um, I mean, how can other companies see improvements through the practices that you have implemented?
1: Mm. There's a lot of different lessons we've learned about that. Um, I think one of the most important ones is to be able to admit and recognize and call out the need to the uh, to the corporation you're working with to be able to say hey we're here and we need to be in a different place and um, to be able to make that gap really clear to create a sense of urgency to do something about it because this work is really hard and it takes a long time um, and so people need to understand why they need to change so a lot of this is you have to get good change management Um, it's not just small things it ends up being big things over time Um, and I think the other part of it is around um, management commitment but not just to say yeah we should do this but to personal be personally be engaged and get your own learning about it and uh, to find out what you need to do to be able to knock down barriers that are getting in the team's way and to be able to have a working knowledge of it so That's often hard to do because I think a lot of companies look at this as it's an initiative that I can delegate to someone. And in order for it to be successful and sustainable, it really needs to be something that's owned by top management, and they're committed to it being a core competency of the corporation. Um, I think the other thing we've learned uh, is the importance of um, people being at the center of this, the hub of it. Um, and to look at your people as your resources is as, as valuable and investing in them and developing them. And, uh, and I guess the last thing that comes to my mind is the importance of persevering, because you do run into a lot of different um, changes in the business, uh, unexpected things that can cause your work to derail, and um, you have to look at it as a long-term, uh, a long-term initiative, not not a short-term thing. Right. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And leadership behavior is
2: probably the, if leadership has solid, lean principles, thinking methods, you're you're going to make much more progress, much quicker. And so it's getting that leadership engagement, usually driven by a business need. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So it sounds like there needs to be a pre-plan before you even get to the plan. That's true. And uh, are there any simple steps or initial steps or a step that leaders at a company could take to, uh, you know, to start their company through this process improvement, through change management or, or other means?
1: For leaders, I think, um, you know, if, if they recognize that they have a need to improve, um, the uh, importance of them getting out where the work is happening themselves, spending time in that. Whether it's a shop floor or the uh, you know the engineering office or wherever it is, to spend time to understand how, how is the work actually getting done today? What are the problems that are getting in the way of people doing the work? And then taking the initiative to choose one of those problems to work on personally, with a coach to be able to you know take them through learning on how do I take a problem like that, break it down get to the root cause and actually experiment with it and, and solve it so that they can really appreciate how many problems there are in the organization, how management really owns those processes and needs to take responsibility for developing a capability to solve problems on a daily basis. So I think that's where it really starts. And, um, you know, as we look back, we say, gee, if we could have taken that kind of an approach from day one, we could probably be a lot further down the road today. But we we learned it the hard way. Right, right. So yeah, I mean if if leaders
2: look at human struggle, there's a business need. Tie it to a business need. Look at what a human's the human struggle that's preventing that. And if you work on that problem with a structured problem solving approach, there's lots of them out there. And and you and you start Getting wins, get the small wins, and just start showing people that yeah, we're we're going to make your work better. You know, managers should be should be in improving the process, improve the work, and develop the people to do the work. It's sometimes a different way of looking at it than maybe a more traditional management approach.
0: So now that you're here and you've uh, you had the battle scars and you're seeing some excellent results, what's next for Herman Miller?
1: That's a great question. Um, We're always asking ourselves that. We've had a number of uh, top leadership changes. We've got a new CEO. uh, A lot of her team is new, uh, and they come in with lots of really good energy and ideas. So uh, we're excited about uh, that because the focus is really going deeper on our customers, understanding what do they need in this changing world. And uh, they're you know, Our customers, once again, their, their expectations are changing. What do we need to do to change as an organization um, to be able to meet those where they're at? Um, and then I think the other part of it is that commitment to engaging and developing our people to be able to help meet those needs. So there's a kind of a renewed sense of um, respect for our people and wanting to really invest in them. So that's exciting to see um and we are also looking at um taking the things that we have been able to become proficient at and being able to spread that across our organization globally so that that's kind of a those three things are really the big focus for us corporately but from a continuous improvement standpoint um John and I feel like we're uh, just we our eyes continually are being open to how much further we have to go so we We look forward to lots more learning about um, both the uh, changing needs in manufacturing as well as how do we go further in our uh, lean product and process development work. And uh, so that's, there's a lot of uh, exciting things in the future, I think for that. Definitely spreading Mm
2: -hmm. it's, um, it's one thing to achieve and now we need to spread it and that's, that's our next challenge and improve on it we're not, you're never done. It's a constant process of improvement.
0: All right. Well, Matt and John, I'll let you get back to it. It's a pleasure having you on the show.
2: Thank you, Catherine.